You're listening to the AIM Group podcast. Inspire, develop, empower. Hi, my name is Natalie. Welcome to today's episode of the Inspiration Station. This is your first stop on your journey to reaching your potential. We hope you enjoy the ride. So welcome everybody to today's podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I'm very excited about today's podcast because this young man started only very recently in his position and I met him when he was just leaving sixth form when I was going into one of the schools. So would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name's uh, Charlie Thomas. I've just recently started a uh, degree apprenticeship in HR at Vodafone. Uh, So working in London inside their uh, recruiting operations department uh, just started just over a month ago now. Oh, I remember you were chuffed when you got that position, weren't you? And your teacher volunteered you to talk to the class with me, didn't she? Yeah, getting myself (laughs) involved before it even started. Yeah, both feet straight in there. Bless you. Okay, so what I do with everybody then, Charlie, is I ask them an icebreaker question. Are you okay with that? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. So when you were growing up, what did you want to be? So uh, actually, it's a very funny thing because I originally, I I think it was the first time that I went into London when I must have been about six or seven. And actually, I had the aspirations of just being like a, a station manager inside, you know, busy station, whether that been King's Cross, whether that been, oh. you know, an underground station. So just something completely different. So in terms of, you know, being really in there with the customer kind of side of things, it's something that I really looked into and actually it is something that I looked into in terms of apprenticeships. So I did actually look at the Transport for London apprenticeships as part of my uh, sort of searching for all the different ones. Wow. So what swung you then to HR with Vodafone? Um, I think for me, really, it was just the the opportunities that I get at Vodafone. So um, I just sort of decided to myself, you know, wow, you know, Vodafone is this global, great, you know, big company with all these different departments we've got you know hundreds of different countries that we were operate markets in or share markets with um yeah. and so i was like you know this is really going to be the experience to grow wherever i want to grow there's so many different avenues i could go down sort of following the apprenticeship scheme or even on it there's so many people i could speak to um so many different connections you know we have really close partnerships with other companies um and so i was really like actually this is something that really fits in me and then i also looked at sort of their values as well in terms of what they look for in in their people and how their you know employees are and um i decided actually this is you know a really good match for me so that's the one i decided to take on in the end perfect so how many different apprenticeships did you look at so when you started to search obviously you were leaving sixth form weren't you and you wanted to go the apprenticeship route rather than go to uni so firstly how many apprenticeships did you look at or what types did you look at um having sort of known that I wasn't going to apply down the uni route, I did sort of bear in mind that I would need to sort of ensure that I'd secured something to start in September. So I'd actually initially looked at, um, I think it was nine different degree apprenticeships, all with a a wide range of companies, but all sort of focusing around that kind of management, business management kind of area. Mm. Um, And so I actually looked right range of companies, Transfer for London, Vodafone, uh, BMW, uh dhl so some really big names there um tesco as well um i'd also spoken to an accounting firm in regards so it was all similar apprenticeships in sort of business management uh degrees with very different universities um and you know fairly similar courses in terms of their structure um but it was really about uh looking through 
lots and lots of different apprenticeship schemes that I'd sort of reviewed on Indeed and various other places where you can find apprenticeship schemes. And it was about sort of focusing, right, which ones am I going to be really interested and passionate about? Because you've got to commit those three or four years towards um, that apprenticeship scheme. And so it's really important that you focus on the right, you know, area that you're looking forward to being in. Yeah. So ultimately then it was the it was an actual job role like what you were going to be doing that kind of really piqued your interest was it yeah absolutely and I think as well just the the sort of realization that at the end of the apprenticeship scheme you know there's going to be such a wide range of opportunities that are available to me so you know right from moving into a tech uh, side of things there's software there's so many different various different things I could potentially look at moving to one of the other markets across the world there's so many different opportunities that I could do on and outside the scheme that I really thought this is a great opportunity for me to take advantage of wow so this is the level six isn't it yeah you're doing yeah level six so Tell me what the application process was like, because I, I I happen to remember how many people you said you beat to the pit when we first spoke. So the application yeah. process must be quite, quite large. I, I don't know another way of saying it, really, but like yeah, quite so, intense, maybe. Um, I, I think for a lot of the schemes, there, there's a really high competition because there's lots of people looking for that apprenticeship, the way you get the degree along the side of it. Um, yeah. They're becoming slightly more well known, I think, as well, in terms of. Yeah sort of from sick forms and colleges, et cetera, et cetera, on, on, you know, they're a great option to go down. So I know um, Vodafone for their apprenticeship scheme this year, they had um, just under 4,000 applications for their scheme. Um, And then say like similarly for the graduate scheme, they had, I think, nearly 10,000 applications. There are huge numbers of volume coming into the organisation. And so you've really got to sort of focus on what makes you unique. Um, And I think that comes right from when you start on your CV, because a lot of, I believe a lot of CVs nowadays are automatically screened as well by quite a lot of the major companies because they get such a volume of applications. Yeah. Um, and so I think what's really important is putting something in there that's really going to stand at you out. And so you can then move into the next stages of the application process uh, where you're then really able to show your more personal skills because obviously you get to speak to someone in person. Um, you get to you know work as a team, work individually in interviews and uh, similar activities. So you had mock assessments as well. One-to-one interviews as well. So, um, so yes, sort of the second stage in in the application process was definitely more online assessments. So there's a maths and English test for some of them. Um, Some of them wanted the more sort of just um, electronic tests. So, you know, matching up the shape, simple tests like that. They can just test your different skills that they want to basically check. And then there is generally another assessment which is much more tailored to the individual business so you'll notice a lot of them use the same sort of external company for it so you'll recognize the pattern but the questions tend to be completely different from company to company from what they ask for some are normally a a sort of video interview some are just um put into the correct order which you would do say uh, in a particular scenario what what action would you take ranking them in order um Mm -hmm. and then that all gets put into one big system and you obviously get some uh, feedback points electronically out of that about what they like what they didn't like um and you know what what improvements you can work on and then i think one of the biggest challenges is then realizing that you do have to wait quite a long time as far as your application process because that's all done in the first sort of 10 days 14 days and then you suddenly have to realize yeah. right they've got this many applications they're going to have <laughs> to narrow it down hundreds and thousands of applications have got to come down to select yeah. people now so that that does take a long time i mean I think some companies I was waiting four or five months for that tool to be done. Um, and you've it, it does make it slightly nervous because you know that you've got no confirmed choice, but it's just 
something you have to, you, you know, you've done your best with all the interviews. I'd say the more, more of those online assessments that you've done, by the end of it, the video interviews just became, uh, you know, fairly repetitive for me. You knew how to answer them. You've got those standard answers that sounded good, such as, you know, why did you want to apply for this role? Or um, what makes you stand out as a candidate? Or tell me a time where you uh, maybe did uh, a poor customer experience and how how would you improve on it? You know, you kind of build those standard answers that I think are really important then um, that sound professional. And then you just tailor them slightly to each individual business that you're applying for. Yeah. Um, and then lastly was moving on to the assessment centres, um, which is obviously quite intense. They ranged right from one of them where there was just a short group task and a short interview right through to um, a full hour group task, a uh, 20-minute presentation, um, one hour, one-on-one interviews. Um, so some of them are you know full days, 9 to 4.30, um, and they test such a broad range of skills. So you've really got to work out what you think they're looking for, how you can stand out amongst what will just turn out to be then normally five or six other candidates. And you'll soon notice that you are all really fighting for that role. So you've got to really show something that makes you stand out against those other people. Yeah. You've got to be the one that uh, kind of carries yourself slightly differently, or maybe you are the one who's more of a bring the group together in this task, because that's what they're looking for. You can't, you do get a feel though, don't you, for what they are actually looking for. Exactly. And I think the most important thing is obviously once you get in and it's about sort of working around your group. So you'll always find when you go into especially the group tasks that sometimes you'll get a group of people that are really shy and don't want to particularly talk. And you've got to work out, you know, how best can we engage a really active conversation here? So how can we get them involved? Or sometimes you'll have someone who's really wants to express their view. But you've got to balance out the fact that everyone else needs to have their view as well. So it's all about sort of managing the situation in your head, keeping that. One of the most key things I would say in assessment centres is that time management, because you'll often find they've set a 20 minute deadline or a a 25 minute deadline, for example. And they often they won't tell you when that's up. Yeah, yeah, and it will just end the meeting um, on one of them. And so you've really got to, it it comes up really well on you if you say four or five minutes left to go. If you stand out and you go, um, you know, can we round up now? Let's make a conclusion of our achievements or uh, what we're going to do or whatever the the task might be. A lot of them are virtually now. So it's really about when you've got that five minutes left, bringing the whole team together, summarising what you've done and coming up with a definitive answer if it's more of a question-related task. Because yeah. that can really help you finish off the the task. Perfect. That's really helpful, actually, hearing. That's quite a lot of detail you went into there. Yeah. Brilliant. But honestly, some of them are so long. I mean, you having mm-hmm. to wait must be the worst. Oh, it must be worse for you for having to it, wait. It, yeah, it's, it's quite challenging. I mean, fortunately, some of the companies you'll find will, will keep up with quite a co- uh, sort of frequent email communication. You'll get top tips about the company, little bits of advice, et cetera. And that can be quite helpful just to sort of keep you even if you just know that your application is somewhere. Um, whereas some other companies, yeah. you'll, you will really hear nothing from the day that you finish those online assessments to the day that you hear your assessment centre. And often when you get round to achieving that assessment centre role, the deadlines start coming in thick and fast again. You get invited to an assessment centre and you'll be told that the assessment centre is in three days' time. And, you know, you, it, it can like, oh. sometimes be yeah very challenging and it takes you off guard um i i did i think only get three days notice for a couple of my assessment centers which means you have to really jump wow. into it again learn about the company uh if you you know sometimes five months ago you've completely forgotten sometimes yeah. you've forgotten the exact role you're applying for um and so you've really got to look back <laughs> into it. 
that that is that'd be terrible wouldn't it oh what am i yeah. here for again what, I've yeah. what job i'm going for exactly and i think one of the the top tips for me though is when when you apply for that job if you just take the section out of the job description which is sort of what skills they're looking for or what their company values are if you take that little bit and just save it in a photo or a screenshot or whatever it might be and then you can refer back to that it's really important because if you can't go back to the original job description which you often can't it can sometimes be a bit challenging to look exactly what they might have been looking for skills wise and that really you struggle to tell your experience quite as much as you might want to i love that that's a great top tip Mm. that's a really good top tip i sell people to take their cv with them to interviews to refresh them on their skills they've put on their cv but Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great top tip okay perfect so you are just started, what, a month in, are you, do you say? Uh, yeah, just over a month. I think it's been about five, six weeks now. So, so five, still going. Bless you. Five, six weeks. So how are you managing that 20% time off? What do you do with that 20% of your study sort of time? So What's often for me, it's about um, balancing it around what it might be. So um, often at the moment, we're getting quite large assignments. So it's about obviously on those 20% time, or once a month, you'll have your, your lecture time. So that's just more on a, on a team to meeting, really taking as many notes as you can. Those the, the lectures can be quite intense. They're not always too long. So you've really got to spend a couple of hours jotting down as much as you can, getting as many notes down. You know, you can tidy them all up later as long as the kind of you're taking in what they say and and you know as they often will send you the powerpoint there is always no need to you know write down exactly what's on the powerpoint but there's certainly the things that the tutors and the experts say is something you've really got to take away from that um and then uh, uh, the rest of the 20 percent of the time what i tend to do is i just tend to block out some time in my calendar whether that be a couple of mornings a week a whole day um and i really try and focus those snippets on working on my assignment or whether it be doing wider reading in relation to them so um you there's nearly always a book that's in related to one of the tasks that um you've been set as part of your uni work um extra um work such as you know there might be group tasks you can do if there's if there's more than one of you in the individual apprenticeship role which there's often two or three of you in the same role it's really great to have a catch up with them get their ideas bounce them off each other um and then my best um thing that i've learned is about is finishing that assignment maybe two or three weeks before the due date because you often get quite a long time to do them and then yeah. come a week before going back to it and rereading the whole thing from start to start to finish and making sure you're really happy with that because obviously you're, you're constantly learning and so there's nearly always something you can add or change and if you say got a book can relate to the task it means you can finish that book and then you might want to go actually that's a really good part to include amazing amazing so you're you're able to kind of move your time around as it suits what you're doing um to kind of have it so you don't have like a set friday or anything like that no so um generally we have our, our uni day once a month which tends to be a set day for me it's a tuesday um but then the rest of the time we're very uh, vodafone is a very very flexible business so generally um I tend to find the time I try and work it around if I've got important meetings obviously I'll do that first but then the rest of the time it's really about what I want to do if I go oh um you know it's going to be really busy on Monday you know I'm going to go I'm not going to put my study time there this week and I you know it's all about when I think I'm going to be the most productive at doing that time and we've got fully flexibility we've all got sort of open calendars so we can all um you know my team can see when I'm out of the office and they respect that. And, you know, I don't tend to answer my emails and stuff like that. I really try and put that time aside when I've allocated it. And I try, um, but it just by allowing me to be really flexible, it allows me to make sure I can have that time to, you know, uh, read or whether that be catch up with a colleague or whatever it might be, you can 
put that time aside and really separate it from your work life. Um, but I, I like to be flexible because it just means it can work around what I'm doing and my work role from day to day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. So that's quite a lot about your actual apprenticeship side of things. So what about um, who you work with and the actual job itself? So what's your team like, firstly? So I'd say I'm really fortunate that I'm in a really lovely team within my uh, department. There's such a diverse um, community of people coming from a wide range of backgrounds and experiences, which is really lovely because from day one, I was able to enter the role and, you know, they they know so much about the different departments. I mean, within my team, it's a really wide spectrum of what they do. Some of them are, are updating and changing systems we use to globally recruit people. Um, some of them are onboarding all the new starters into the business. Um, so actually saying hello to them, induction, et cetera, that kind of sort of almost customer facing side of the role. Um, we've then got obviously a manager who kind of oversees all the projects. We regular communication with each of our different markets of Vodafone. So we sit within the global function and then each country is its own market. So we're in regular communication with all of them taking their feedback back in. Um, but my team is really good in in kind of communicating with them and communicating with me, you know, if there's something that I say, Oh, it's quite difficult for me to do that. They're really conscious of that. And they'll go, no worries. You know, how can we help you with this? How can we get you access to this, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really lovely to have such a accommodating team to the new role. Um, mm-hmm. And they're really there to help me learn. So they'll try wherever possible to, you know, give me the skills and techniques they think will be best to fit with my role. Yeah. So when you think about everything that you're doing in your role at the moment, which I'll come on to in a second, I'm going to ask you about that. But um, when you think about what you are actually doing, do, are you finding, I don't bless you, I know you're only at your infancy of starting, yeah. but you've had some time with uni as well. So mm. are you finding that what you're starting to actually do and put hands on to do is reflective in what you're actually learning? So does that make it easier to actually take everything in? Yeah, so I think it's really useful. And actually, um what what my sort of job role do and what, what my team are really helping me with is really trying to accommodate that around my uni. Um, so each module that we have within uni, whether that be managing people, whether that be marketing, whether that be finance, they're really trying to accommodate that into my role. So um, say ahead of the marketing module, they might put me into, say, the sourcing team where we're trying to find, um, you know, people with very, very niche specific skills. And it's about making sure you've marketed that right. How can we attract them into Vodafone? And therefore, you know, that's giving me the sort of ideas that I can then take into my uni and vice versa. I can then take them out of my uni and put them into my job role. So it's really interlinking with each other, making sure that, you know, the university is communicating with uh, the manager, et cetera, et cetera, in terms of trying to match up those courses to you. But actually, they really intertwine with each other. And actually, a lot of the assignments, you're talking a lot about the company as well as a lot about the history or the academic side of things. And they really blend together in each of your assignments. Fab, fab. So what do you actually do then, Charlie, on a day-to-day basis? What are you responsible for? What are you actually getting yourself in there and doing? So um, generally, my role is particularly varied um, in that no two days appear to be the same. But generally, I've kind of got uh, a few different set things that I do. So I assist with all the onboarding into the Vodafone groups that be welcoming the new employees, induction, um, making sure they're settled in, helping them with any sort of initial queries that they might have. Um, and I, I run that with my colleague, Amy, who um, kind of leads that role. And then uh, the second function I tend to do is I tend to um, help with all the testing of the new software updates. So we have a lot of software updates that we do for recruiting people, whether that be um, our CV analyzer, whether that be the people that, uh, the systems that we use to hire people. And it's about those small changes that we make that are really helping the markets, but we need to make sure that they're fully working. And it's really important to pick up just really small details that might not be working with them, feed them back 
um, and make sure that they can get changed with the tech teams. It's about sort of getting to try them all out first, which is really exciting actually to be able to use all the new systems and yeah. you know see things first um, on on that kind of side of things. The the, the third thing that um, I tend to assist with is that there's a lot of communication we have to do within the markets would that be um emails would that be um over microsoft teams etc cetera, etc cetera, is about making sure you've communicated with them to understand what their feedback is whether it needs to be chasing them up often we've got things that we need um global agreement on or you know certain agreements that's about really speaking to them taking their opinion on board and how we can bring that back in um to what what changes we're going to make um, especially when it comes around to big changes. So it's about really listening to what they say, feeding that back to my colleagues and my manager, whatever that might be. And it allows you to obviously bring it back into, um, you know, really bring it back into their hands because obviously they can't often directly um, speak to some of the, the the tech sides. We're about being that sort of middle person and yeah. I play quite a key role in making sure that you intertwine those two with each other. Um, and hopefully then leading on to the future, um, where I should be starting to sort of assist in managing quite a big project in terms of making a large change of how we recruit people. Um, and so that's going to be quite exciting um, in terms of what steps you might be able to take. But it's in the early phases yet. Um, so that hasn't really taken off, but that will be something that I'll be assisting with in the future. Oh, that's good. I mean, I've, I've been in recruitment like, as a manager mm. before, and I always used to like the onboarding. They used to hate mm. these sort of... Um, uh, the first few days of inductions, it's very health and safety heavy, isn't it? And there's a yeah, lot for people yeah. to take on. But anything that streamlines processes with recruitment is only going to be helpful, isn't it? Mm. At the end exactly. of the day. Um, and you've got uh, 10,000 people applying and whatnot. What you yeah, saying. exactly. <laughs> and and has always tried to innovate. So we're, you know, we're really keen to make sure that that even the people who may not get the role is that they've had a really good experience. They're making sure that yeah. they're, you know, it's been a good use of their time. They've learned things out of it, you know, whether it's been successful or not. And obviously we're really happy to welcome everyone in. We want to make it the smoothest transition. Actually, Vodafone probably had some of the best communication throughout my application process um, onto the apprenticeship scheme in, in terms of keeping me updated, giving me sort of key facts about Vodafone what might be helpful and how they kind of work was really helpful to to get that before it even started in the role. I think it really helps you keep engaged as well, ready for mm. it, doesn't it? So to keep you kind of going, actually, I want this role because they're bothered about me as much as I'm bothered about them. Whereas other employers take the tact of, well, they'll just have to wait in here. So if they still want it at the end, fabulous. But mm, exactly. actually, you want that you want that buy-in, that culture to be like a positive thing, as you're saying, don't you, for the company? Absolutely, yeah. So what do you guys do for fun? Do you have Christmas parties? Do you have month out meetings? There's all types of things that businesses do for fun and perks and things like that. So tell me about what Vodafone has to offer for all these budding people that maybe want to go and work for them. So um, one of the things we're really keen um, and we're sort of expanding our network on at the moment is if we've got the sort of motto of one youth. So that's all the apprentices, all the graduates who have just come out of uni, internal play, um, industrial placements, summer internships, et cetera, et cetera. We all form kind of this one alliance. We've got a committee that sort of works um, as part of that to kind of organise all the different events. Um, and I think we've got such a wide spectrum of what we tend to do with that might just be, you know, small catch ups with a, as a you know, small group of apprentices, um, just, you know, because obviously with working from home, most of the time um it's about really keeping that engagement up so that might just be you know going out for a meal um, and and the same happens with our team you know we'll occasionally go out for we're really keen when we all come into the office of going out for lunch whether that be just at a restaurant or uh, just to get some quick lunch but really taking that time out to not focus on work but instead take that time out to you know take a break we're also really keen within the youth to try and grow 
the the networks that we all have. So uh, whether that be inviting um, a nearby company, their youth, so we can kind of intertwine all our different people. We can learn so many skills from them. They can learn so many skills from us um, and, you know, have a bit of a social about that. And, you know, it's, it's really nice. You can make some new friends, you can make new connections and it's really engaging to be able to in, in a work setting but yet it's kind of that sort of more informal setting to do that especially as part of the youth um, and it's really nice experience to be able to actively engage in part of that um, and the rest of the time we do run um, the youth team are really good in running some major events so um, hopefully we're looking forward to um, a trip away potentially with some of the youth um, and you know things like a, a winter ball or something like that there's always sort of different projects in the making um, yeah, that yeah. the youth team work really hard to make and then you know even when it comes down to small things within Vodafone so there's always um, uh, you know office sort of meetups so that might be sort of the the whole of HR for example in my department or the whole of data that we might try and get them all into the office you know there might be um, sort of food and drinks put on by the company um, that we can all go to at the end of the day, whether that be in the office or just outside the office. Um, yeah. So there's always there's always something sociable going on. Um, in fact, they're really flexible in being able to attend all of them. Um, and they're really keen to encourage, especially within the sort of apprentices and graduate area, for us to make all those new connections, speak to new people, yeah. whether yeah. that be speaking to a manager of another department, you can go, actually, I'm really interested in that. I could maybe help them with a small project on a, on a Friday morning, for example. And so yeah. you've then grown that connection and then you've been able to sort of upgrade uh, what, what you're already learning and that might intertwine even further with your university work. Wow. Yeah, so it sounds like there's loads of scope, not only just for the whole social aspect, which can be nerve-wracking when you go into a business, which is huge, as you Mm -hmm. just have. But to know that kind of actually is quite, I hope it's been quite quick for you to kind of relax into place and kind of feel like you are one of the team and things like that. And that's aided that, hasn't it? Yeah, and especially this year, Vodafone were very keen to make sure that our induction was all in person. Um, And so we had a a really great three day induction uh, where we were able to learn all the different skills, speak to so many different people, uh, lots of different activities. um, You know, you you name it, we did it. It was really that sort of place that we could relax with people in terms of, you know, grow those new friendships. We're all in the same place as us. There was, you know, a large number of apprentices joining the scheme this year. And it was really nice. We're all in the same sort of boat. And we were all able to grow and, you know, work off each other. And you, you all tend to find you have fairly similar sort of personalities as well, because it tends to be with what the company looks for in their colleagues. So you tend to yeah. find those little bits that are very similar. So you find it really easy to sort of make those connections with people. Oh, that's nice. So mm. if I said to you or asked you what you love about it, when now you're in, I know you're kind of, again, you're in your infancy there, bless you. Yeah. But if... um. If I ask you what you love about it most, what, what do you think you would kind of say? I'd say that the best part about Vodafone, I'd say, is the people. The people um, at Vodafone are really lovely. It's one of the best parts about the apprentice scheme. You've got so many people you can connect with, That whether that be your team, other apprentices, even, you know, people who might not even be in a similar team to you, but you've just, you know, spoken to them whilst you're making a coffee. Um, you know, you can, everyone is so friendly to and open to talk to, um, really build those connections within. And I think it's something that made me, sort of really comforted as I entered the business. Because obviously, like you say, it's a really big corporate world. It was coming straight out yeah. of, um, you know, sick form, straight into that. It was a massive change. And it really <laughs> comforted that change of how friendly all my team were, how the youth were, everyone like that. It was really a great experience 
to, yeah. you know, just be feel how welcome everyone was. And I think it's one of the best parts of it because obviously you do have to take into account that you might not get that full uni experience. You're not living. Um, some people are living away. I'm I'm choosing not to. Um, but you to be able to build all those connections really gives you the social side that you kind of would get a uni. So it really yeah. kind of matches on par with that. So I think the people are one of the best parts. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. So do you know what happens after your apprenticeship? So how long how long are you do this apprenticeship for first days? So, um, I'll be on for three years on my apprenticeship, yeah. Three years, level six. So when yeah. you finish that, what's the progression for you after? Because I know they advertise it in your job ads and things now that we're looking at, but what could it be for you? Do you know what that looks like? So um, the offboarding experience tends to be, um, obviously, we've got a lot of different apprenticeship programs that all sort of finish at different uh, timescales and lengths. But generally, um, there's, you know, as long as they've got the capacity, et cetera, there's nearly always going to be a place for you to move into, uh, whether that be in a similar role or a slightly different role. They tend to try and tweak it as best they can around your degree and what you've achieved out of that. Um, yeah. So they're yeah. always going to be able to find you somewhere. You know, like I said, it's a huge global company. So they're always going to try your best. And, you know, they work with you to try and work out exactly what role you want to move into, whether that be, um, in, you know, in the same team. Um, some people stay in a very similar role to what they were doing on their apprenticeship scheme. Um, you know, once they finish, they've learned all the skills required and now they're able to just sort of expand within their job role. Whereas mm-hmm. some people move completely. I know um, one of the, the graduates moved right from the UK right over to Ghana after finishing their wow. uh, graduate scheme within a couple of years. So they, you know, they moved right over to one of our other markets um, and, you know, uh, are loving it out there. So there's really lots, so much flexibility once you come out to the end of your scheme of, you know, where can I go from here? And they really, the, the future talent team of Vodafone are really keen to support you with that and work out somewhere where you're going to be really happy residing within that role. Perfect. That sounds that sounds amazing. They're actually looking after you to that level. So it's not just mm. a review process of actually trying to make something that tailors to you as well. Yes, exactly. I mean, I think at, they, at the end of the day, they want you to be really passionate about the role you're in. Mm. Um, and so by, you know, being able to, they speak to you, they speak to your line manager, there's that sort of three-way connection between them in terms of where where are you going to be best placed for your, the skills that you've now gained, um, yeah. you know, and where you're going to enjoy your role the most. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So I have a final question for you then, Charlie, if that's okay. Um, So I'm going to ask you, what would be your three top tips for anybody who is considering an apprenticeship or going to work for Vodafone? So top tips for people who are in your position, don't know what to do next potentially. What sort of tips? You've actually given us one, which was to take a picture of the skills on the job ads take in with you which i think is great top tip but so another two if that if you wouldn't mind yeah so uh definitely one of them is is always be brave so i know if you look at the job adverts it can sometimes be quite daunting over what you might be doing you know how much you've got to juggle you've got to juggle a full-time job plus you're getting a degree at the same time but you've really got to you know look into that job and go do i really want this and i think um the fact that i hadn't actually applied to ucas for a university option had really um, encouraged me to to put in my full determination and effort into try and making sure I can secure one of these apprenticeships. Like I say, they are mm. very very competitive, yes. um, and so I think that's one of my biggest top tips is just is always just to go for it, show off your skills. You know, no one is going to you know make fun of you or anything like that for you know showing off your best skills in your assessment centre. Would that be mm. you know your best knowledge? Knowing you know a key fact can sometimes make you sound you know incredible. So if you know if you might. Just drop in that say, um, you know, company X is going to be net zero by 2030 
um, that you're working for, that can sound really good because it means that you've done that little bit of research in the company. Um, and especially going forward, um, environmental, um, diversity and inclusion, um, stuff like that is really key in the workplace and is becoming a much bigger part. So if you can show that you're committed to those skills already, that can be a really key one for bringing you into, you know, putting you in front of those other candidates. Yeah, absolutely. I've always spotted those as well when they've done it in mock assessments mm. or in interviews and things when I've interviewed people. So a great tip. And your last one. Yeah, and my last one is, it's kind of related to that, but when you come into the business, starting on your day one, it's about that. Try and make as many connections and as friendships as you can from day one. So when you come in, it's about, even if it might be a little bit daunting, trying and speaking to nearly everyone that might be in your group, you tend to be in a group of 10 or more people, generally depending on the size of the company of apprentices. And it's about making those connections, you know, putting you all in a, in a WhatsApp group or whatever it might be to try and, you know, really build a session, ask them what stream they're on, where they're based, whether that be, you know, London or elsewhere, or even internationally, potentially. Um, yeah. And, you know, asking them, um, you know, what they, what their future plans are, what team they're going to be residing in. And I think if you build those networks from day one, you can really keep them, keep them going. And then you'll soon find that within a week or so you'll start, um, you know, meeting their wider team, you start to grow all these different connections and it really allows you to be fully connected, especially when you've got um, remote jobs. So work from home or, you know, only going to the office one, two day a week. I think it's really important if you grow those connections, you're not going to feel so isolated because it can start to feel yeah. a little bit isolating. If you don't have those connections, you don't speak to people and you're working from home, say four or five days a week. Um, so I think it's really about, you know, encouraging you from the day day one to get started um, and really grow those connections. Even if it might be with, you know, a manager's manager, it might be very daunting trying to speak to them, for example, but, you know, they're nearly always going to be happy to speak to you. So, yeah. you know, just, just send them in, you know, a polite email, what it might ever be or whatever, you know, the company uses, whether that be a messaging service or otherwise, and, you know, ask them for what their career advice might be, what their goals might be, um, how they've got into their position, how you think you can excel in your current, in your new role. Yeah. And they'll, they'll nearly always be really happy to speak to you about that. So it's about, you know, and you've made another connection there. Yeah, perfect. Those little bits of small talk, like hairdresser talk, but for the workplace type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? exactly. <laughs> yeah, really helpful. And, and that's a great tip. Yeah, people don't, you don't need to feel isolated, even if you're the only apprentice starting at that point in time. That gets no people around you. It never hurts. Hmm. Anyway, perfect. It's been amazing to talk to you, Charlie. Thank you Thank so you. much for your Thank time. You. Um, it's been really really informative but um hopefully we'll see you in some school soon as well absolutely i've been really keen to get involved <laughs> with some other tasks as well thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to the inspiration station if you want to learn more about apprenticeships or would like some help planning out your next career steps be sure to follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at the aim group uk and make sure you're following us on here too so you don't miss our next episode.